Hello and welcome to Ask Davet, the Financial Planner, where we encourage financial literacy and prosperity. I'm your announcer, Benny Steiner, joined by your host, Davet Jones. Good afternoon, Davet. How are you doing today? Hey, Benny. I'm amazing. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So, Davet, you know, a lot is going on right now with people's 401k, you know, and, you know, with the stock market and everything, people are looking at their 401k and 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 wondering what to do. So we have a we have a few questions here that or a couple of questions here that people want to know, you know, what's going on. So do you have a moment? Absolutely. Yeah, I got my grandbabies playing in the background, but I'm always down to answer a couple of financial planning questions. So hit me with them. Tell me what you got. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So question number one is someone has been uh, receiving employer match contributions, and but they plan on leaving pretty soon, leaving that current job and going to another one. And they're wondering if they roll over their, their uh, 401k, will they only be able to roll over what they contributed or will they be able to roll over the whole thing? Awesome. Awesome. So that's a great question. And a lot of people are going through that right now. We are in a time of economic uncertainty and people are looking for the best jobs. So they're moving around. They're looking for better opportunities. They're looking for more mental health when it comes down to uh, working with new employers, being able to find a situation that works for their work-life balance. And in doing so, people aren't staying at the jobs for 20, 30 years like our parents and our grandparents did. So the question is very pertinent because it is always going to be your your contributions, the money that you put into the account is 100% yours, always. Anything that you match, so when the employer put in the 5% and you put in 5%, that money is what we call 100% vested. However, the money that your employer put in, now that has a different vesting schedule. And every company's vesting schedule is a little different. So you have some companies who may say that we have a three-year vesting schedule. We have another company who will say they have a seven-year vesting schedule. You need to go back to your employer and find out the vesting schedule for your employer. All employers are different. Now, um, say that it is, let's just call it a five-year vesting schedule. How does that work? So if you stay there one year, you get to keep 20% of all the matching that they put in in that last five years. If you stay there for two years, then you would be able to get 40%, three years, 60%, the fourth year, 80%, 100% if you stay there the full five years. Did that make sense? So the number of years determines the portions of, of how much you are able to walk away with. So exactly. five years, you're... And, and if so, in five years, you leave in the first year or well, actually, you have to get that full year completed. Right. So if you that's right. Yeah. So if you only did nine months, can you take anything? You can take what you contributed. Ah, OK. So I'll have to at least go the 12 months before I can even take that 20 percent. Correct. And a lot of people I'm seeing now, their employers, they will let them go ahead and contribute to the plan. However, the employers won't match until after the first year, especially if they have a profit sharing plan. I've seen that so often where a profit sharing plan says the company looks at all the profits they made in a calendar year, and then they are determining how much of that they end up giving to a person. So yes, it may end up being a whole calendar year situation before you even get the matching put into your account. Again, every employer is different. 
Um, I would expect that more with smaller employers than I would with a larger employer. Larger employers will probably put in 5% the same day you put in 5%. One of the ways you can check and find out if they are matching immediately or if they're waiting till the end of the year is if you pull up the transactions or the activity statement on your actual paper statement, or if you look online, then you can see where it has something usually will say the employee contribution. And another term that they like to use that they think most people understand is ER. ER contribution is the employer contribution. So say that you had a job and you were matching, you were putting in $50 and your employer was putting in $50, then you would see $50 go in as the e employee or double E contribution. And then you would see another $50 go in as the ER. So if you don't see that ER $50 going in, whether it's, and mind you look a few months in because some of it might be they put in weekly, they put in quarterly, or they put in annually. So look at that transaction history statement to be able to see when the money is actually going in the account. Mm, all right, good information there. So let's look at this just from the from the flip side there. So from a, an employer standpoint, and, and you had mentioned smaller employers may offer a different structure. Let's say that I, 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 you know, I run my own small business. I'm trying to attract employees, and I and I want to make sure that I am attracting them. But at the same time, I, I don't want to invest in them <laughs> and then they leave and, and, and now that, that money is gone. Do, do you feel that the, the, the 401k contributions is a, is a good strategy to recruit new employees or, or should we look at other incentives? Well, that's a tough question. And you asked the wrong person. And I say you you asked the wrong person because I do not like a 401k. I hate a 401k. I think most people have been used as a lure, a con, in order to be an employee of a particular company because it comes with benefits. And the 401k is not the pension plan that your parents told you to get a good job with benefits back when we were in the 1980s and 90s. Mm. Mm. Good point. Okay. Okay. I like that though. I like that. So, so now again, from an employer's point of view, would you, are there, are there any other options you would suggest that we kind of use as tools to recruit people, you know, instead of the, the typical 401k? Well, a lot of employers are just paying more money and they're using more time off and they're also using different things like work from home. They're using other benefits and, and a lot of employers want to get away from managing other people's retirement assets. They want you to handle it on your own. Some of these companies aren't going to be around for three to five, 10 years, let alone 20 years when you get to retirement age. So they don't want the burden of it. So that's where they will come in with a much higher salary but they don't offer the retirement packages anymore. They allow the person to do their own individual investing. And a portion of that is, is the company, they have what we call administrative costs. So anyone who is employer looking at setting up, what, please understand it's not just taking 5% out of somebody's paycheck and that's all you have to do. No, there's a whole lot of other third-party administrators. You've got to get someone from ERISA. They have to have the actuary numbers. You know, just to set up a plan from an employer, you're looking at somewhere between $2,500 to $5,000 to set up the plan before you even take any money out of the account. Or excuse me, take any money out of a paycheck. 
And then on top of that, you have to put in and you've got to create your plan documents to be able to determine of the employees, how many of them would be inside of this plan, how old you need to be, how long you need to work there. And depending on if it's a small company, maybe they haven't gotten to that stage where they are even trying to do that type of legwork. They're still trying to raise money in their business. Do you feel that the 401k is something to use as an incentive to recruit people? Well, it would be a great idea. However, they can be very expensive and costly. So take it from the example that you, you've got a business and you want to be able to hire an assistant and maybe be able to have another appraiser and you bring them on these two different individuals, you've got to pay them a salary, say anywhere from 30 to $60,000 upwards. And you also have to pay about a $5,000 administrative fee to just set up the 401k for them. Those are extra expenses that go along with it, where a lot of times employers would say, I would rather just pay the employee more money and allow them to manage their own retirement structure until maybe the company grew to the stage of 2025 employee. Did that make sense? It does. You know, I took us off track there, but I want to bring us back at the same time, kind of keep us on online with with small business. So um, let's say I've been working at a particular job 20, 30 years or what have you, and I've built up a nice 401k. Uh, do, do you think that, because I know you're not a big fan of the 401k. I know you're not, not a all. big fan. <laughs> not at all. So do, do you think it's a good idea to possibly use a 401k to, to finance a, a business startup? So that really depends on a person's situation. Now, let's start with the first thing we're talking about today, June 15, 2022. The markets have done terribly all year long. Do you want to cash out the money while the accounts are down? That's number one. Number two is how much money do you actually have inside of the 401k? Now, the one thing that I don't think we're really hitting on, Benny, is people don't understand how 401ks work. We know that we go to a job, they tell us to sign up this form, they take 5, 10, 15% out of our paycheck, it shows up in a brokerage account, and we watch the account grow. A lot of times we don't even pick our own investment allocation. We don't understand what the taxable consequences are. We don't even understand what our taxes are as an individual, let alone the taxable consequences to the 401k. So when you ask about if someone takes it out and cashes out early, are they under the age of 59 and a half and are they going to get hit with a 10% penalty? Okay. So then they get hit with a 10% penalty, but your HR department, when you fill out the paperwork, the paperwork automatically states, if you cash this out, then we're automatically going to take 20%. Now let's do the math on that. There's a 10% penalty. So that means another 10% went to taxes. What income bracket do you need? What income do you need to make to be in a 10% tax bracket? Less than $10,000 a year. But also, how much money are you taking out of the account? Because we're talking about starting a business and the 401k is one of those accounts, even in retirement, you're supposed to take that money out slowly, slowly. It is never supposed to be a lump sum withdrawal. Why? Because of taxes. I had someone I talked to today, I said, you have $167,000 in your 401k. You already owe $50,000 of that money in taxes. 
Oh, let's change perspective now, Benny. Now you got 167000 and I owe 50000 in taxes. But that's the reality when I say people don't understand the taxes. So when people take them out in retirement, they're supposed to take them out slowly, a couple of thousand dollars a month, so they don't push themselves up into a new tax bracket. They can be able to mitigate. And that's one of the things that even Ted Benna, the father of the 401k, you can go to Benna, B as in boy, E-N-N as in Nancy Nancy, A, Apple, 401k. And on his website, he specifically talks about the history of setting up the 401k. He originally set it up so it can be a tax deduction for wealthy bankers. And the way that they were able to convince, convince the lower paid employees into participating into the 401k was to give them the match. They didn't need the tax deduction. The wealthy bankers needed the tax deduction. See, this was the 401k, not the pension plan. And remember, when people take the pension plan, they give you a check every month for the rest of your life, but they do give it to you slowly. They don't necessarily give you this big lump sum check in your pension. They make sure that you have this income stream forever. But the 401k, it was going to end up being a plan where you would have this lump sum bucket of money at the end and the individual got to decide what to do with it. And when the individual gets inside what they do with it, they have a tendency to abuse it because it's my money and I want it now. People, when they get a big chunk of money like that, kind of like winning the lottery, they take this J.G. Wentworth mentality. It's my money and I want it now. And they want to spend it. And they have all of these grand ideas and different things that they want to do. We have a bad habit of spending the money faster than we made it. That's where a lot of people fall into tax problems, and they run out of money in retirement because they need to understand that that money is to be taken out slowly. Now, I mentioned in one of my TikTok videos, because I actually talked a little bit about this a little couple of weeks ago. And I said specifically in there, if you need to take out money from your 401k for your business, take out $5,000 and see if you can make money with that $5,000 before you start going in and taking more money out. See, the 401k at least has some rate of return. You as an individual may not. So you don't want to take all your money out and throw it into all your eggs into one basket, meaning you, because you have a 50-50% chance of failure or success. But if you take the money out slowly, then you won't put yourself into a new tax bracket and you can be able to have money for a future opportunity later. Take out what you need. Take out $5,000 and use that for your business startup and do what you need to do because $5,000 is not going to put you into a new tax bracket. But don't take out $50,000 and say, I'm just going to use all of this to start my business, not in one lump sum. No, you should do not. You should absolutely not do that. <laughs> Many of us, we had parents, we had a lot of other people that may have had pension plans and that type of thing. And, you know, a lot of us bought into it and not necessarily knowing. Well, let's go back and talk a little bit more about the history. Rap music is older than the 401k. I said a hip hop, the hippity, the hippity, sugar hill gang came out with that song before the 401k came out. Let, are we fully aware? So remember, when we start talking about our parents, the first 401k plan wasn't established in until 1982. That wasn't a long time ago. Those are not the retirement plans that our parents and our grandparents had. So when you're talking about 
this is what they kind of promoted. They just said retirement plans. They didn't realize there were two different kinds of retirement plans. One was a 401k. One was a um, a pension plan or what we call a defined benefit plan. So the 401k is not as even as old as hip hop, the Sugar Hill Gang. So that song, it the first plan was created in 1982. That it has been a 40 year failure. This has been the worst experiment, but yet this is not what our parents and our grandparents had as retirement assets. Most of them never invested. Most of them didn't have access to invest. They didn't have to manage the accounts. They didn't have to pick the asset allocation. They didn't have to do anything but show up to work and put money into the bucket. And then once they decided to leave work, they got a check every month for the rest of their life. So they did not even have the investing in stocks and bonds and mutual fund experience, especially if they had less than $50,000 in cash, not value or equity in your house. I mean, cash, money, 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 money in your pocket. That's what it costs to be able to get a brokerage account. You had to have an account minimum all the way up until maybe the mid 90s when we started seeing the E-Trade babies come across on the TV. Because people learned from 82 to 90 that they had to learn how to understand the Dow Jones and what the S&P 500 and these things started to make a critical difference because you had three dynamics of retirees. One just had the pension plan and they never invested before. They never invested again and they will have retirement income for the rest of their life. Don't even have to worry about it. They're just going to get a check every month. Then you have some people who had come in at the tail end of the pension. So they didn't have as strong a pension. They do still have a pension, but they also had a 401k. And then the third leg is the ones who just came in with the 401k. There's another piece that we do that we talk about the three legs of retirement. In order to have a successful retirement, you need to have this three-legged stool, these three pieces. And one is social security. Two is a pension plan. And three is your personal savings. So the three accounts go together and to ensure people have a very successful retirement plan. The 401k is considered the personal savings bucket. It is not a pension plan. What tends to happen is people will be overly aggressive with their money and they'll have it in the wrong buckets. They are trying to learn on the fly how to invest and put money into investments that are not suitable for their age for their time horizon, for their income bracket. And they end up risking more money than they need to because we talk about the more risk, the more reward. Well, also when you take a loss, when we're in a market like this and you're in a very risky portfolio, you are going to take the most risk. You don't take the most loss because you are in a heavily aggressive portfolio. They're not talking with financial advisors, helping them to really determine how much money are you willing to risk and that's what we call our risk tolerance questionnaires, talking to people and getting a true psychology of how the money should be invested before we start using it. Time horizon, even being able to say, are you five years from retirement? Because you invest differently than somebody who's 25 years from retirement. That's where the financial advisors are coming back into play. And from the Googling information and people listening to YouTube videos, they don't talk about that enough. 
They want to get to the sexy part of what the rate of returns are. They never want to talk about what their risk tolerance is, what the rest of their financial plan is, how much money do they need to live off per month in retirement? Because I've said it a hundred times before, you can have a hundred thousand dollars in a 401k. It's only going to let you take out $10,000 for 10 years before you're broke. And that ain't a lot of money and that ain't a long time. But yet most people, and then of course you got to remember, it's still subject to taxes. So you take out $10,000, you still may only end up with $8,500, $7,000, depending on what tax bracket you're in, as a net. You know, I'm one of those people that that is concerned because I did invest in the 401k and I want to feel like I'm winning there. From what it sounds like, we bought into an idea that may not necessarily be what we intended. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And that's what even Ted Benner talks about it. There's articles where he says 401k is a monster. He's upset about even while the markets were doing well, he was mad about the management fees, how much money was coming back to Wall Street out of people's accounts that did not end up in the actual individual's accounts. Wall Street still gets paid. Your 401k, you're still paying management fees on it right now when the accounts are down. So, you know, there are a lot of factors. Like you said, it was an idea. It was a concept and people bought into it so heavily because the idea of being able to say, oh, you can have these um, portfolios that have Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. You can have the S&P 500. You can have all of these different wonderful things like we bought into the shiny, but we didn't understand that it came with a very dark side. And the dark side is taxes. The dark side are management fees. The dark sides are the market volatility, which we're going into right now. When I look at people's accounts and see that they have lost forty to fifty thousand dollars in the last six months, and my CFOs doing a survey on CNBC are saying we don't believe the recession is going to go into place until twenty twenty three. Well, Benny, that's six months from now. So in my mind, it would seem like the markets are probably going to be down for the next six months before, quote unquote, they put us in true recession fashion. So that means people are going to be losing money for the next six months. We had a really good day in the market today. But the interest rates also are going to change on July 1st. So that's why I say you definitely need to talk to your financial advisor about your unique situation. And you need to understand when they blow a smoke up your ass. Just so, sorry. You need to understand when they're throwing smoke up your butt just so they can continue to keep you on the books. Because there should be a time where they adjust your asset allocation. There should be a time where you should have more money in cash. Even one of Warren Buffett in one of the articles that I read here in the last month said that someone who's in retirement needs to have two years worth of cash. Cash money sitting aside right now for all their income expenses. And that's that's the part that is the real deal when they say we are going to be in this recession. We don't see the markets turn it around. Yeah, you can leave your money in the market and play the long term. But if you're going to play the long term, understanding that it goes through market cycles and it will come back, please believe and understand you don't want to touch that. You better have two years worth of cash sitting off to the side that you can touch whether it's from a bond portfolio, whether it's your cash value from your life insurance plan, whether it's the savings and high yield savings accounts that you have, they're saying to have two years worth of income. For some people, that's $120,000 in cash. Most people don't even have that in their 401k. So there is a 
bigger picture when we talk about holistic financial planning, not just saying what people need to hear to make them investors, because that's not what I do. I don't, it's not about investing. It's about making sure that your investments are going to make sense for you to have money in the seven different buckets that we talked about before, having money for disability, having money or a plan to be able to pull money out to avoid taxes and mitigate taxes, having money that you can use for kids' college education, having money that is going to be strictly for retirement, having money that's going to be a tax deduction. All of these different vehicles, they work holistically. It's not just about, well, I'm going in and I'm going to buy some Amazon stock. Please don't buy the Amazon stock, y'all. Please don't. <laughs> David, people Y'all buy anything just because it's on sale. How, how can they reach you? Can you? Absolutely. You can go to my website, which is lifevisionsolutions.com. Or my favorite version of it is iamwealthynow.com. You can check out the videos. You can read over the articles. You can look at my blogs. You can look at the um, illustrations and the downloads that are there. And you can also go to the Contact Us tab and schedule an appointment with me. And there's several different kinds of appointments. You can do a retirement assessment appointment. You can do an investing one-on-one appointment. I teach people how to invest one-on-one. And I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to ask you, straight up and down and tell you how much money I want you to invest. I don't want you to throw $20,000 at a problem you ain't never had before. Let's maybe start off with 500 to a thousand and we grow from there. Cause again, investing is a long-term play, not trading. I don't do trading. Then you also have the life insurance is one of my favorite things to generational wealth. I love that from different perspectives, being able to say you can have generational wealth when you pass away, but you can also use it as a retirement vehicle. The whole life and the IULs are great tax-free retirement vehicles, as well as the annuities. I've talked a lot of here about the 401k versus the pension plan. Annuities were the original pension plan. Those are guaranteeing people checks for the rest of their life. They can run out of money and they can still end up getting a check for the rest of their life. And that's where I want to help people to get back to the original and get out of this um, 401k scam Let's make sure that we have some money that's in a bucket that is guaranteed to do what it says it's going to do. One of my favorite things about it is never lose a penny. Right now in this market downturns, your annuities are not losing any money. So those are the different accounts that I have on there. I would love to sit down and talk with you one-on-one about your unique situation. Just go to the website, jump on the link, and we can schedule a time to go over your unique situation and really give you a holistic approach to your financial planning situation. Well, I think my grandbabies are calling me, so I'm going to get back to um, playing with my sugars. But um, thanks again, and I look forward to getting up with you again next week. Mm-hmm.